Welcome to the podcast of Living Water Bible Fellowship. We are a church in Alamosa, Colorado, and here you can find our sermons and other occasional teachings. We hope and pray that this podcast encourages you in your walk with Jesus and increases your understanding of God's Word and the Gospel. Through Jesus, anyone can have new life, can have freedom, and can have ultimate salvation. Stick around to the end of this podcast to learn more about what the gospel is and how to be saved. And now, on to our teaching. How are you all doing this morning? You ready for Thanksgiving? I am. Uh, We already had one so far with the college students, um, so uh, we're doing pretty well. Um, Yeah, if you don't know me, I'm Malcolm, and uh, I'm just real thankful to be here uh, today. Um, I I love the song choices today. I I felt, man, I do not deserve to be here, but isn't God good? He's washed all of our sins away, and man, what a good God we serve. So, how well do you guys listen? (laughs) depends on the day for me right and if you ask my wife up there Leah she would definitely say not so good some days Um, this has always been a struggle for me when I was young uh, I I loved sports and I played a lot of sports and in middle school I I played uh, double-A uh, basketball, and so it's like a traveling team basketball, and we were going to go to another town, and I was so excited because my dad was going to take me, and he was going to watch, and I was so excited for this game. Who doesn't want their dad to come and uh, cheer them on? And so we meet real early in the morning. The game is, is at like 8 or something, and so we're, we're there. We meet at this place, the carpool, to the next town. And my dad... He's not the most patient person. Didn't wait, want to wait. So he said, go ask your coach where and when is this game so we can, we'll just meet them there. And so I go up to my coach and I, I ask him, what time? Where are we going? And me being the 12 or 13-year-old, I kind of listened. So excited. So uh, my coach said a city and I heard a different one. And I went and told my dad, and he was like, oh, that's interesting. It seems, because it was two-hour drive to the, the city I told him, and the other town was an hour away. And he was like, oh, that doesn't really make sense, but okay. So we drive to this town, and we get to the high school where the game was supposed to be, and we're sitting there. I'm so excited. Where's everybody at? Why aren't they showing up? An hour goes by, we're still sitting there. The game's supposed to start. So we went and found a policeman in the town and asked him, could, could you ask around, is there supposed to be a game here? And uh, turns out, we were in the wrong town. I was devastated. My dad was uh, expectantly frustrated with me, right? <laughs> but 
he was patient and kind. And we figured out, we ended up just going and eating breakfast at a, at a restaurant. And, uh, but I was so adamant. I heard this other town. I was not in the wrong. I, my coach, he didn't like me. He wanted me to not be at this game. I was irrationally <laughs> trying to avoid the fact that I made the mistake. I didn't listen super well. I tried to justify my position, and it didn't work very well, obviously. You can t <laughs> right? But I held on to that, that I heard it correctly, probably up until I was in college. It was this irrational thing. Man, I was right. I didn't want to let my dad down. I couldn't fathom that I was the one that messed up. I was willing to fight for me being cor correct and right. What a tragic mistake from a, a middle schooler, right? But I see this pattern play out spiritually a lot. From far smarter people than middle school Malcolm, including myself, adult Malcolm. This morning I want to look at who is the authority in your life and how well do we listen to him. If you've been a Christian for any time at all, right, that classic church answer, Jesus is the right answer, right? Jesus is our authority. Should be. But that second question is a lot harder to answer, isn't it? How well do I listen to him? My first thought is, uh, well, kind of. Kind of listen. The next thought is, well, I listen better than uh, name the person in your head. Right? They're messing up. They're doing this. They're doing that. I'm not. I'm a better listener than them. I want to justify the place I find myself in. I really don't want to admit that I could use some serious renovation in my life and that Jesus has that renovation for me. So if you're anywhere close to this feeling, uh, then this passage that we're going to talk about is for you. Let's open up to John 8, verse 31. Before we get into the passage, we've got to come up with some, some context. What, what is happening? Where are we at? Jesus is uh, in the temple courts, somewhere around the Feast of Tabernacles. He's speaking to a crowd of, uh, of religious leaders and common people alike. Um, Jesus makes some profound statements here, like, I am the light of the world, in verse 12. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He also says, you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. He says, I speak only what the Father has taught me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. This did not sit well with the, specifically the religious leaders. 
They did not think that Jesus was legitimate enough to make these statements. Who are you that you would even think of saying these things? They wanted nothing to do with Jesus being their authority. They thought they were the authority. But despite the leader's skepticism, uh, many believed, as in verse 30 says, even as he spoke, many believed in him. They thought, wow, all right, we'll give him a shot, see what you got. You're, you're saying some really interesting things. I think I can hold on to some of that. What else do you got, Jesus? That brings us to verse 31 and 32. It says this, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus instantly crushes or challenges their belief. Do you really mean what, that you, you trust me? Well, let me just take you to the next step. He says, if you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth. Who is the truth or what is the truth? Jesus later in John, in John 14, 6 says this, that he is the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So Jesus is literally saying right here that he is the truth. If you know him, you'll know the truth. And who will set you free? Jesus. What a profound statement. He doesn't just sit there and, and let them passively believe in him. Do you really want me? Do you really want freedom? What's their response though? Verse 33, they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? They completely ignore this offer of freedom from spiritual oppression. What do they, what do they hear? Oh, you misread us, Jesus. We're Abraham's descendants. We don't need to be set free. Which, if you know anything about that period of time, they're in the temple courts. Right on the outside is a, a Roman garrison ensuring that the Romans have oppression over them. If you've read the Old Testament at all, the Israelites go in and out of slavery to different people groups. So what in the world are these people saying? We shall be set free. We don't need to be set free. We're Abraham's descendants. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus pushes through their, their attempt to change the subject, to not actually deal with what he's saying. He tells them, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. We're talking about spiritual freedom here, guys. 
But if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. He says this, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence, and you are doing what your father has heard from, or what you have heard from your father. Jesus exposes something about them that they're not really willing to hear what he says because they're filled up with something else. Filled up with words from their father. Doesn't quite reveal it yet. But the people responding are indignant. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. He keeps pressing in. We're legitimate. And Jesus keeps revealing, if you really were Abraham's descendants, then you would not be thinking the thoughts you are thinking right now. They say, we are not illegitimate children. They protested, the only father we have is God himself. How dare you challenge us, Jesus? I'm going to the top. God is my father. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Again, he points out you're, you're filled up with something. What are you filled up with? You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. He exposes what's really actually driving them. Who is really their authority in their life? And it is not pretty. The devil is the authority in their life. Not Jesus. Not God. Where did I leave off? <laughs> when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? First off, who just literally goes, prove me guilty of sin? If I'm, not, if I'm not lying, right? He goes to the top, right? Prove it. Prove it. Show me if I'm actually sinning. If I did that, prove me guilty of sin. You'd be like, duh. Leah over there would instantly cry, foul. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus has the audacity to say, prove it. Why? Because he actually hasn't sinned. He is telling the truth. He really is challenging them. Who is your authority? Me? God? 
or this world and the devil. There isn't any other option. In verse 47, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Despite what they're claiming, God, Jesus, reveals the reality. Verse 48, the Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? They have nothing left. They have no reason. They have no point to make to Jesus. He's right and they know it. And what are they left with? I'm going to call you a name. You're a Samaritan and demon-possessed. You're a crazy Jesus. It'd be like someone calling you a Nazi bigot because you are challenging them, right? Jesus' response, I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it. And he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. All right, we've got to pause here. Because when I was reading this passage and looking through it, uh, I was really challenged with these words. If my life isn't marked by freedom from Jesus, who is really my authority? Who am I actually listening to? Am I really saved? That has to go through our hearts and minds. We have to actually ask the question, has Jesus really become the authority in my life? Have I really put him as Lord and Savior? Has he forgiven me? And if the answer is no, I really haven't actually let go of everything in my life, the time is now. He is offering freedom forever in the family of God. You can choose that right here and right now. It's one prayer away. But if you're like me, I had to ask that question, but instantly, right, God inside of me goes, yeah, I have forgiven you. Why are you acting like you haven't been forgiven? Why are you acting like these people? Why are, are you avoiding dealing with the things I'm asking you to deal with? Back to the passage. At this, verse 52, they exclaimed, Now we know that you are demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? They think they have him now. Oh, we got you. You really are crazy. What are you talking about? No one will die if they follow you. He won't see death. What? Abraham died. The prophets died. Who are you? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. 
If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do not know him. All right. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Verse 57. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? They are completely confused by this statement. Right? This dude's not even 50. How can he claim that Abraham saw him in his day and rejoiced? But what is Jesus? He just keeps on going. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus... Uh, hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. So Jesus takes it to the crescendo. If you really want to know who am I? Well, he directly and unequivocally claims to be God when he references Exodus 3.14 where it says, where God is talking to Moses and says, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Jesus doesn't beat around the bush any longer. He says, yeah, I'm God. Are you going to deal with it? What are you going to do with it? And their real true heart shows. They're unwilling to actually see him for who he is. And their real heart of murder comes out. What did they do? They picked up stones and were going to stone him. Which, to a good Israelite, that's exactly what they're supposed to do. To cleanse the nation from evil. In their eyes, they see this guy is making himself equal to God. That's not possible. Right? Because they're unwilling, they're full of something else, they're unwilling to see who Jesus really is. But Jesus walks away. No harm, nothing. So, why do I use this passage? Because when I asked you the question earlier about whether you were set free by Jesus or not, most of us in the room, your answer was what? Of course he is. He has saved me. Thank the Lord. Right? So you're good, right? I'm not those crazy people. I don't want to kill Jesus. Great sermon, Malcolm. Cool, let's go get some food. Right? Well, wrong. We need to go back to the original question. Who is your authority? And do you listen to him? Because I think this passage has so much to offer us right here and right now. As much as I wouldn't want to admit, I still act like these people, just more spiritualized. Because here's just one example. Jesus says things like, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. In Matthew 4, 19. So how much fishing are we doing lately? 
Well, that's a good question, Jesus. I like fish and all, but I'm just not into it like John. He's willing to walk miles and miles and miles just to catch a fish. Done it with him. <laughs> that's great for him, but I'm just not Jaron. That's his gift. It's not mine. Well, Malcolm, what about your neighbor? Are you loving him like yourself? Hmm. How about that pond in the backyard? You fishing in there? Well, Jesus, I'm just so busy. I'm running. My job, my kids, so many things. They're doing sports. I'm doing this. Keeping up with life, right? I know I should, but this sounds all too familiar in my life. Lately, uh, God has really challenged me with this passage, like I said earlier. He exposed uh, that I have been running for quite some time. And I'm running not to him, but I'm running to, this is going to sound stupid, but I'm running to chess. So when Leah was diagnosed with cancer in 2020, I believed this lie that, oh, I just need something to do while she's in her appointments. I'm sitting around waiting. So I'll just download chess on my phone. Little did I know that I bought the lie that I need to go to someone or something else for my fear, for my comfort, for my hope. And I've turned chess into this thing that is completely ridiculous. I'm unwilling to let God deal with my issues, my fear. I don't want to lose my wife. So instead, I change the subject and I make chess up front. Jesus says, let go of the chess. Okay, I'll play a little less chess. And he's going, uh, that's not what I'm asking you to do. Let go of the control, Malcolm. Let go. I, ah, change the subject. I'm good, Jesus. You've set me free. I'm forgiven. Malcolm, let go of the control. Over time, I allowed through this control mechanism of something super simple, chess, to take over and become a lie, something that's not real. And as I was unwilling to let him speak into that area of my life, what happens? I have to control more. I have to take more control. So I add other things in that are lies, that enslave me once again to sin. And I start believing the lie that Jesus doesn't know how I feel about cancer. Jesus doesn't know how I feel 
I'm all alone. I have to do it myself. And because I have to do it by myself, I am now justified in how I act. I have to juggle so many things. So it's okay if I'm a little a jerk here or there. Right? Because that's just who I am. I'm broken and I'm sinful. And I have to be that way. Because I ignored Jesus long enough, I look and act just like those people in this passage. I start desiring what my old father wants. His lies, his death, and his destruction. Because I have no longer any room for Jesus' word because I've filled it with other things, lies, things that don't really matter. And I end up having to take it all into my own hands. This robs me of joy and peace and hope that the God of the universe is offering all of us. And I experience none of it because it's all on me. What a lie. So if this is you in any shape or form, I just want to remind you of the truth. The Son, and only the Son, can set you free. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. You're not stuck. You're not alone. No matter how dumb you feel, no matter how long ago it was, where you stopped listening. You're one prayer away from walking in wholeness with the God of the universe. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If Jesus really is God, he deserves our obedience not just our lip service. He wants to use me. He wants to use you. The question is, are we willing to let him speak into the, the deep, dark areas of our lives that we've walled off and we've said no to him? I'll just do this over here. So the question is, he wants to use you. Are you willing to let him? Who's your authority? And are you listening? Let's pray. Jesus, uh, we just desperately need you. We thank you so much for setting us free. 
that you've put us in your family forever, that you've removed us from the, the toil of being uh, stuck sinning. We have a choice now. We have a choice to look to you and to follow you. We have a choice to let go of those things that don't really matter and to walk with you, God. Use us this week. Just thank you and praise you. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.